Welcome to The Raw's Project, a podcast covering no bullshit, 100% real, raw, and unfiltered rags to riches stories from amazing human beings around the world with emphasis on life, personal development, family tech, and marketing. Of course, I'm your host, Ivan Temelkoff, and today, joining me on this episode is Stephanie Jameson. Hello. Hello. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for having me on. Likewise, likewise. Before we jump into a combo with Stephanie, I want to give the viewers and listeners a little bit of a preface about Stephanie, who is an intuitive empath, psychic medium, and two-time Amazon best-selling author. She works with people around the world daily who find themselves being moved through an awakening experience. She also helps others connect with themselves, spirit, all while encouraging them to choose love over fear. I love that. Love over fear. Yeah, that's and my, my main message. <laughs> that's a that's a powerful message. And the reason I said that is, I think it was last year, someone that I had talked to told me that fear is actually self-induced. Mm. And it really got me thinking, I'm like, because there was a part in my life where I lived in fear. And the more I thought about it now, you know, being an entrepreneur and risk taker, having sacrificed a lot, I got to, I got in my head and I got to thinking, I'm like, fear really is self-induced because it's almost like anxiety. You're trying to predict something that may or may not happen. And you're afraid of it to the point to where you become so afraid that as opposed to becoming more proactive, you become more reactive Mm -hmm. in everything you do in life and, and, and in business. But We'll talk a little bit about that here in a little bit. Let's start with your story, where you've been, what you've seen. Let's let's talk about your younger years and how did, how did you get into everything that you're doing now? Because it's really fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm an intuitive and past psychic medium, been a sensitive kid. You know, I was sensitive my entire life, always felt totally different. I was the kid who always tried to blend in and failed miserably every time that was me it didn't matter it was like I always wanted to be like these people or like these people are like because I knew I was different you know and so the entire growing up phase of my life it was like trying to blend in and then one day when I hit my teen years I started realizing that not only was I already picking up on spirit and subtle energies yeah. around me I actually had an experience where I was like okay I felt different for a reason tried to suppress that a little bit. And then as I grew into my early twenties, it got louder and louder. And then when I hit the age of 33, I went through a massive spiritual awakening. And when I went through my first, um, I like to call it an initiation period. Um, when I went through that first shift in consciousness, everything changed. And the, like the chapters of my life began to make sense. And I realized that I kind of had to experience some of this stuff that I did, some of the trauma, you know, um, all of that so that I could come into alignment with my purpose. Yeah. And I realized that choosing love over fear was a experience that I had chose fear over love for a very long time. And I started realizing that I was here to teach other people how to reprogram, upgrade, trust their intuition and choose love over fear. So um, one thing that I wanted to touch upon before my train of thought runs away is you said different. I I want to latch upon that because, you know, as an Eastern European, as an immigrant, let's just say that I'm very different. I think I will be for 
probably the rest of my life. My kids will probably be treated differently. Uh, I think mainly from like a cultural aspect, but I remember a time when I was different personally. I didn't know how to speak any uh, English, bullied all through high school. There were some very dark times in my life that still sometimes send flashbacks, but you said different. This is why I wanted to touch upon this because I want to hear more about this because you said at a young age, you realized that you were different when you were starting to pick up on spirits. And I mean, you just know, right? Like, you, you mm -hmm. know, inside of yourself that yeah. you, you have a different perspective, different feelings on the outside world. You interpret things differently than everybody else. And then, so how did that make you feel? How, how did you like an outsider, like an outsider. I felt like there was something wrong yeah. with me. You know, um, I remember being about six years old and taking a bath and just being a typical kid playing with my toys in the bath. And I remember having this moment of like knowing someone stand was standing next to me and almost observing me. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, Oh, I'm safe. I'm good. I'm just here for a quick little whatnot. I'm here to, you know, just come back. It was like, I knew I was just coming back for an experience. And as I grew, I really challenged the adults around me because I was always that kid that was like, but why does it have to be done this way? That seems yeah. silly, specifically when it came to religion, because I was like, why are we being taught to fear God? Why are we being taught to do this? And if God made me this way, then why am I not perfect? Why am I not perfect right. as that? And, and I remember really challenging people as I was growing up going, but if, if I am God, if I have a, you know, if I've got God in my heart, why would it matter what my heart is telling me to do? And it really triggered people around me. Cause they were like, no, you're supposed to look outside of yourself for all the validation. And uh, I was just like, no, I know all the answers. And I remember that really being an issue for my parents who came from a very, um, one of my parents coming from a very strict Catholic background. Mm -hmm. I was raised Catholic. Um, but I just didn't, I challenged conditioned beliefs from a very young age. And I always felt like, you know, I remember my grandmother saying to me, you know, you may be seven or eight years old, but I feel like I'm talking to an 85 year old woman here wow. because I would make my grandmother think, Yeah, and it should be the other way around. Right. And then mm -hmm. same thing with my father. I remember having these really in-depth conversations with my father when I was 10 years old going, I feel this and him just kind of looking at me and just kind of smiling and shaking his head and that, you know, yeah. Um, and then on top of all that, I felt energy. You know, I could tell if um, something was about to happen and it brought me into a place of feeling nervous, especially um, if I was picking up on something that, you know, I wouldn't have thought was going to be good at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just made me a really anxious kid. I developed um, a lot of anxiety and um, it was it was a challenge for me. You know, I could pick up on what other kids in the class were thinking, feeling um, oh, wow. you know, lights were an issue for me. I do not do well with lights, like big white lights. Yeah. And as I grew older, I started realizing, oh, wow, I'm sensitive. I'm sensitive in all the ways. Um, oh, I'm a feeler. I'm super emotional, but it's not that I'm this anxiety ridden person. It's that I'm here to teach people to feel first and then think yeah. and act. Um, and that was not the case growing up or anybody around me. So yeah. I mean, I felt like an old person when I was a kid. Wow. So, uh, you know, that is, you know, when you're so young, you know, it's like you said, as opposed to it being the other way around where the adults around you, you look up to them because, you know, they're, they're a lot more mature. At least that's the traditional, you know, teachings that we have in society is that we look up to older people because they're a lot more 
they're a lot more uh, seasoned, a lot more experienced, I should say. But you are at a very young age. You just had something inside of you that was so powerful. So how did you, you know, how, how did you make sense of that? Like, how did you, because you were an outsider, how, how did you like interpret it? How did you react to it? I felt like um, I, there was something wrong with me and I tried to blend in for a really long time. I didn't know how to interpret it. In fact, yeah. when I would go and talk to, um, I was raised by my father and my stepmother. And when I would mention certain things, it was hushed. We didn't talk about that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't until I actually kind of broke away and, you know, became my own person that I started realizing there's something to this. And yeah. I had to get in touch with my own vibration. And the more I got in touch with my own vibration, honored my own heart, listened to what it was, it was like all the pieces of the puzzle started to make sense. Yeah. You know? But it took a while. It took a long while. But I'm, I'm yeah. known as what a, um, is called an a intuitive dreamer. So from the time I was a really young kid, I would have conversations with people who had passed, you know, or I would have these things where my mother in particular, mm -hmm. she always used to tell me, she'd be like, your dreams freak me out, girl. Because I would say, hey, mom, I had a dream about this. And then it would happen two, three days later. So I just want to mm -hmm. let you know. But it stopped there. I kind of stopped it there because I'm a very logical person, very mm -hmm. analytical. Right. Um, I just be like, oh, well, that's, I have crazy dreams. But as I grew into my early 20s, people in my family would be like, you know, Stephanie, there's something I think to your dreams because, you know, your dreams tend to come true. You know, I could I could pinpoint where something was lost. Yeah. I could pinpoint what was going to happen. I saved my mom's dogs from. Um, getting attacked by a big black snake in her yard. Oh, you know? wow. And I told, I said, mom, I said, you need to be careful. Cause I had a dream. There's a big this black snake. She called me up two days later. Oh my gosh, Stephanie, <laughs> you know, I knew that my sister was going to get yeah. pregnant, you know, and then I just got quieter, incorporated daily meditation into my adult years. And the more I did that, and the more I trusted in what I felt and not allowed what everyone else you know, what they thought to affect me, I was able yeah. to hear um, spirit more clearly. You know, one thing that you said that um, is a really good point to talk about here, whether it's in life or in business, entrepreneurship, there's a lot of dreamers and go-getters that listen to the show. A lot of people that, you know, have dreams or they're trying to fulfill their dreams or are working on themselves to become a better version of themselves and one thing that you said is i think there's not enough empowerment in society now that encourages people to be unique and authentic and let's let's just face it authentic i feel like it's such a washed out word because everybody claims to be authentic but it's true you know because what you were saying is just that you know you thought there was something wrong with you and that can be degrading to a person especially at such a young age because you know, what happens is treatments, you know, there's something wrong with you, medication, you know, like, because you're, you're, you're not normal. Yeah. That's how society says. I was actually not told that when I was a kid, those words really? out of my, yep. Yep. Out of a, out of a, wow. Mouth. Mm -hmm. That is insane. You know, and the reason I mentioned this is because, you know, I'm a father and I, I'm, I get to thinking, one of the things that I want to empower my kids to do personally is just to, just to be themselves, regardless of what society tells them to do, because we do need more innovative and unique people in the world, people that have powerful gifts like you do. Uh, but that's frowned upon in society mm -hmm. because it's abnormal. And I feel like our society wants to live in normal 
because normal is comfortable. Normal right. is not abnormal. You know, it's normal right. is typical. And you that's know? exactly what I do today is I get people mm-hmm. to feel, I, I really do have a gift. Um, I was doing yeah. a recent interview with somebody and she said to me, you have a gift to get people to actually reconnect with themselves and to follow their heart and trust in what it is that they're feeling. And I, and I, I thanked her and I said, that's come from years of learning how to do that myself. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, so that's huge to me. And that's something that I feel very, very um, strongly about. I work with sensitive kids. There's a lot of sensitive kids out there like myself who are diagnosed with ADD or ADHD or something else. And they're heavily medicated when in right. all reality, they're just suffering from a lack of grounding because they're more energetically sensitive than the parents and the parents don't know how to handle it. And the parents are living in fear. They're living in worry, anxiety, doubt, stress, you know, anger, resentment, whatever. They don't know how to deal with such a love-based kid because love and fear don't live in the same place. So they try to put their kids in a box, you know, and um, unfortunately it causes issues like what I grew up with. Yeah. You know, another great point that you just made is just that I think in modern society, there's a continuous struggle for delineation to be able to create a clear distinction of the extraordinary and ordinary people. Because you definitely fall in that extraordinary category, someone that has, you know, immense capabilities and gifts that, that you were given, but modern society sees that as abnormal. So they can't, they don't know how to treat it. I feel like a lot of people are afraid of that. And what's really interesting that you said is uh, one of your clients told you that you have a way of helping people connect with themselves emotionally, like really digging deep into their heart and soul to realize that, you know what? Maybe you've been brainwashed by society and you forgot to act for yourself, to be yourself. Because I know, you know, similar to what you said, you know, on my high school days, I was bullied for four years, all my high school. And, you know, I remember like how much anger I had after that. And during even high school, you know, how much I wanted to blend and how much I wanted to be like everybody else, you know, And and I was very talented at the time. I mean, I was very you know, athletic and I could do different things, but you know what? I didn't think for myself. I was afraid to be, and most people are, I think, are afraid to be the lone wolf. Well, everybody's conditioned to look outside of themselves for validation. And that continues mm-hmm. into our relationships as we grow older, yeah. right? I can't tell you how many times I gave my power away to yeah. someone else because my intuitive hit was telling me this, but it wasn't logical to someone else. And so I didn't take action on my idea or my divinely yeah. inspired guidance. Right. Yeah. So I totally understand that. So at what point, I mean, you were very young when you discovered these, these, these gifts that you had, and obviously it took you some time to try to rationalize and make sense of it. <laughs> right. I mean, you went through a lot of different challenges. I mean, I'd love yeah. to hear, I know, like you said, you had some diagnosis where people were probably telling you, you know, you're crazy because you're abnormal or some some version of that. Right. Yeah. Um, what I was taught was there was no diagnosis, but um, I do have PTSD because I do come from a very um, uh, child abuse background. So okay. you know, that's something I, I was actually in a foster home by the time I was 17. And it was when I was in my foster home. And I was away from that really toxic experience that I was able to get in tune with my own vibration. And that's when I had the experience. And the first experience was seeing my grandfather show up at the end of my bed when I was 17. I was going through something really, really um, traumatic, very emotional. Mm -hmm. And I was asking for guidance and boom, he was right there at the end of my bed. And it was like all of a sudden just boom, boom, boom. 
it was like, yep, I am in tune. Keep going. Keep trusting what you're feeling. I called my mother and mm-hmm. I said, you're never going to believe what just happened. And my mother just sat there and listened to me. And, uh, it just kind of grew from there. By the time I was 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, these dreams were just hitting me hard. And I was able to do what I was telling you earlier, but then I suppressed it because I, um, I started a a business. Um, I got married. I did all the practical, logical things I needed to do in life. And I went into stress just like everyone else. Right. And so when you're in stress mode, you can't really access what it is that spirit's telling you to do, or you just suppress it. You're like, I'll deal with that later. Right. Yeah. So it was incorporating daily meditation into my life around 22, 23 years old. I sat down and I started meditating and I started noticing really cool things that were happening to my physical body. I was starting Mm -hmm. to notice that my hands would tingle. I started noticing little things at the top of my head. I was, I was feeling my way through experiences versus seeing, I would close my eyes and I would open my heart. And one of the most transformational experiences I ever had during meditation was I saw JC. I saw Jesus Christ. And it was wow. just like, boom, right there. I saw the, the sacred heart. And I remember how bright those eyes were, those beautiful green, blue yeah. eyes. And I just remember being like, whoa. And when I did that, I remember I kind of fell back a little bit and I started crying because I had fought traditional conditioned beliefs for such a long time that I was like, the church, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. But then I started to do some more homework around the subject. And I realized right then and there that um, JC is all about this, the wisdom of the sacred heart and emotions yeah. and connecting with yourself. And he was just a normal man who understood his divinity. And as yeah. I started to understand my divinity and that I was here for a reason that I was here for a purpose, I started realizing that I'm here to help other people understand their divinity yeah. and understand the power and the blueprint of their own heart. And when they listen to their heart, and they choose love, which is hope, contentment, joy, gratitude over that worry, anxiety, doubt, guilt, whatever it is that they're feeling, yeah. they are aligned with what it is that them as a soul are supposed to experience. Yeah, that yeah. is wow. So I'm curious to know, you know, the first time when you saw your grandfather, when you were asking for guidance, as you, as you mentioned, what did that feel like afterwards? Were you were you turning to others to find answers and meaning to what you just experienced? Or were you like on your own pursuit for self-interpretation? I was on my own. Wow. There was no one around me who understood what I was yeah. going through. Um, there was, um, I was dating somebody who I was very much in love with at the time, my first, mm-hmm. my first love. And I would tell him, I would say, this is what I'm experiencing. He, and he was very open and he would listen to me and he would say, you know, that's normal. He was actually probably the only person at that time in my life going, yeah, you're experiencing, you know, that's, that's normal. You need to keep honing in on those gifts. That's okay for yeah. you to be experiencing yeah. that. Um, and then it wasn't until I got older into my twenties that I met another very intuitive soul and he encouraged me for a very long time. And when I finally figured out who and what I am, yeah. I remember going back to him and he winked at me and he said, I've been waiting for you to figure this out. And he was like, those who, wow. said, those who bear the brightest lights have the most stones thrown at them. He said, welcome to my world. And from that moment yeah. on, it just kind of took off. And I was like, no wonder I've been attracted to intuitives, healers, holistic healing, yeah. Um, yeah. ancient teachings, all that weird stuff. I'm here to help other people who are on that path as well. Yeah, that, that's extremely powerful. One thing I wanted to allude upon that you said is this, that 
and you, I'm going to butcher it, but you said um, those who are in pursuit of the brightest light, I think you said, have the those most. Who, those who bear the brightest lights have the most stones thrown at them. Well, that was Jesus Christ, basically. That, that was him because, throw, you know, stones were thrown at him. You know, he carried the cross and he buried the burdens of all of humanity. And humanity still to this day fails to understand that. But, mm-hmm. you know, that is so powerful right there that you that you said, because I know I know personally that has probably been a journey of mine, at least over the last five or six years, always trying to strive to to get closer with myself, to be a better person, to be more giving, to to impact the world and leave it better than how I came into it. And I know I've barely just started. <laughs> I'm 41 years old and I feel like my life just started, honestly, like a few years ago, you know, becoming a father and all of that. But um, I want to segue into talking about, you know, you're, uh, so you're a two-time Amazon uh, best-selling author. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear a little bit about uh, what inspired you, you know, around writing and becoming an author? Um, and so tell us a little bit about that. So I never dreamed about being an author. And I always feel a little bit guilty saying that because I know that there's so many beautiful writers out there mm-hmm. who it's their dream to just get their book published. But that's not how it was for me. For me, it was when I went through um, a very, very um, heartbreaking divorce a couple years ago. Yeah. I went through my awakening. Um, I started meditating even more so. And I just started journaling everything that I was experiencing during my awakening process. And when I would meditate, I would write down everything that I was seeing. And then I would spend time looking up and researching what some of that stuff meant. And what I realized that I was experiencing was it was spirit's way of letting me know what my signs and my interpretations were so that when the time came for me to start standing in my authenticity on authenticity and, and doing what I do for a living. Now I knew how to interpret when, for example, somebody's father has passed. I knew how to get those messages across to them. Right. And so what I did was I just wrote this all down. Well, in, during this process was this huge self-discovery that, um, I am an empath and I Mm -hmm. totally identify with that term an intuitive empath. And so I just started writing down all the things that I had learned and all this. And then what happened was I just kind of hopped onto Instagram and I started building a little bit of a community over there. And as I did this, um, I was met with somebody who said, I am so-and-so with this particular publishing company. And I would really like the opportunity to offer you a book deal. Yeah. And for me, it felt more so like a, um, a little wink from the universe, letting me know that I was on the right path. And so I took the book deal and it became an Amazon bestseller for personal transformation and spirituality. And then just a couple, about a year later, um, they offered me an affirmation book deal. And what was so funny to me about that was I had been writing and reprogramming my mindset all on my own. And I had been writing down all of my affirmations in a book. And she came up to me and she said, Hey, would you really, um, would you be interested in doing some sort of mindset shifting book for us? And that's how my second book was born. And so really it came from journaling and, and I spent a lot of time alone. You know, this is something that I feel like a lot of people are scared to do, especially as they go through the awakening process. Um, And so through spending time alone and getting in touch with my own vibration, I just, I felt like I was almost channeling. I was just channeling this information that was just coming out of me. And I was like, where is this coming from? I wrote it all down. By the end of it, I had six journals and those six journals turned into 
two books. Wow. Congratulations yeah. on that. Thank and you. actually, um, as you were sharing that and uh, in, in how it, that experience, that entire experience and how it really came to you, because I think you had sort of a misconception of authorship uh, until you kind of got into it. But I, I, you said it very well, because I think authors are really just storytellers. They're people who are, you know, because I think in the in the traditional world, people think as authors as someone that, you know, yeah, they're they've done something fascinating, they've accomplished something, but I think it's kind of lost its true meaning of being an author, which is really telling a powerful story behind actual experiences that you went through. And yeah, I personally that, think those two books are my life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the name of the books, by the way? So the first book is the Happy Empaths Workbook, and it's just a book that's designed for energetically sensitive people like myself, mm-hmm. so they can figure out who the hell they really are. That's really what it is. So it's everything that I went through from childhood through today, and I combine the spirituality with the science. So if you have someone who's like, I'm super logical, and I don't know about all this, I've got all the science in my first book to back okay. up energetic, you know, biofields and the heart math and all of that stuff behind um, the science of empathy and the science of intuitives and empaths. And then my second book is the happy empaths little book of affirmations. And that's for people who are like myself or who are going through an awakening sensitive mm-hmm. souls who need to really upgrade their mindset. And it's designed kind of like a little Oracle book. So basically you flip the book open and whatever it is that you're needing to hear at that moment, boom, it's right there. And you just start saying that affirmation to yourself over and over and over again until you believe it. Um, And that one has done even better than my first book. A lot of people are loving that. I have a lot of men, which surprised me, loving that book, loving it. You know, it's really interesting. You you said a lot of men because um, just to share a little bit of a story that's totally, totally related to what you said is so uh, every week I work out with a group of guys and they're business owners, entrepreneurs, very heartfelt individuals. And um, one of the guys actually put a post on Facebook, um, basically highlighting his sponsor. So I think he's a is an ex alcoholic, and mm-hmm. but he also struggled through his life of finding that affection i think from a male to male perspective because the sponsor is a male it's an older gentleman who for a period of 10 years he said this is the only guy i've ever connected with you know and what you just said i think is really important is because i think females especially female entrepreneurs do a much better job at extracting their feelings and emotions and actually sharing them than males do i think it might be like kind of like an ego thing and so I'm not surprised that the book has done so well with males is because we're human beings too. We have emotions and feelings. And I will tell you what, I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago was the first time that I actually cried. And like, I wasn't, you know, growing up, I wasn't taught that I was taught that That it was a weakness, you know, to, and the reason that happened is because I was letting out emotions and feelings and things that I was going through and challenges. And it felt like, it was me, it was me against the world. Yeah. I felt like I was the only person that I could find answers to. And so now that you're saying this, I think there is a lot of men out there who, you know, are afraid. And I think a lot of it may have to do with fear of judgment, because I know mm-hmm. with men, it's it's fear of judgment that we struggle because we're worried about being judged, you know, because 
let's face it. I mean, not to be chauvinistic here, but we live in a in a very male-driven world. Entrepreneurship. We live in a very patriarchal been... world. We live in a very patriarchal world. But exactly. that's the funny. That's the funny thing. People like mm-hmm. myself who embody the divine feminine. Yep. Are uprising. I love and that. Teaching people consistently that the divine feminine and the divine masculine are to be in balance. The divine feminine is the heart. The divine masculine is the mind. You know, this goes all the way back to Mary Magdalene and Jesus Christ, Isaac and Osiris, you know, the two have to be in balance in order for you to create, right? And in order for you to manifest and to create the things that you're desiring, you have to be at a place called zero point, which is the point of creation, which is when you finally trust your heart enough and you follow your heart, you surrender, which so many people go through during the awakening process. And you start training that mind to be the tool that it actually is, because that's all that it is. So the divine feminine is the creator. The divine masculine can create, you know, but it's about surrendering to her wisdom consistently. And that's why you're seeing this huge awakening happening on this planet. There's a huge, um, you know, fear versus love consciousness awakening that's happening here, you know, and COVID is just, the tip of the iceberg on that one, you know, yeah. COVID's making people have to face things about themselves that they never wanted to face, you know? Yeah. That is so ironic that you said that there's a few things in, in there that I wanted to t- touch upon is so um, at one point in my life. So when you were talking about fear versus love is uh, so I'm married for a second time. My first marriage was a total fucking failure. It was Imagine waking up every day and your partner telling you that you're a, you're a failure, that you won't amount to anything. And that's literally how I felt for 10 years. But was it but was it a failure? Or what did you learn? Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, it was a failure, but I also learned from it because I learned how to move on. And I learned that I had more to me that I was yet to extrapolate. And I was afraid of doing that because I was so worried about an affirmation from someone else. And I've struggled with this for a long time is because you know, this is as human beings is that we, we look, we look towards family and friends Mm -hmm. for, um, for validation that we're doing things that we're supposed to be doing right. Or acceptance, I should say, even, and I've been there for a good part of my life. In fact, it wasn't until six years ago, really, when I realized that, fuck it, I'm doing what I want to do. This is my life. Not even my wife, not even my kids, not even my parents, nobody. I, I wish more men would do that. That's amazing. But but it, it wasn't always, always that way, Stephanie. It wasn't always that way because I was always so afraid. And coming from an Eastern European background, you know, I was like, no, entrepreneurship is not something you should be doing. Go to fucking college, Ivan. Well, I dropped out of college, you know, then suddenly I ended up making more money than the people that went to college. They got more debt than I do now. Right. And are they even doing that for a living? Probably not. So they chose logic over what their heart was saying. And this is, this is a big part of what I teach is we all have a blueprint within our heart. All of us. If we honor that blueprint and we just trust step-by-step, we are shown the way a hundred percent, but it's about choosing love over fear, which is again, the emotions, you know, that first, that first marriage that you mentioned, um, yeah. Really look at everything that she taught you. She taught you how to love yourself more. She taught you how to own your power. She taught you. Now, did she know she was teaching all this? Probably not. No. When you really look at it from a higher perspective, 
Yeah. And you really look at this place as the as the school that it truly is, because this is not your first go around. This is not my first go around. You came yeah. back to do things right. That's the ultimate act of love. That's a soul connection. And anybody who you feel strongly about, whether it's positively or whether it's negatively, they're a yeah. soulmate and they're here to teach you something. Right. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to engage with them on a daily basis, but yeah pretty amazing thing you wouldn't be the person that you are today had you not encountered that person you may be somebody who doesn't serve you today had you yeah. not gone through that experience uh, that's that's a really good point in fact now that we're speaking about this is that there's been moments where i've thought about okay should i just text her and say thank you for mm -hmm. that experience because i mean my first wife couldn't give two shits honestly uh, and still doesn't but more I thought about it is like, I think it's an act of gratitude on my part, because what I what I've realized is that you're absolutely right. If you hadn't been for that experience, I would have never become the person that I am today. And now I'm in a much better place than, than I ever have been, you know, in my entire life. But even so, I know that there's one thing that I've learned the hard way is this to be a continuous lifelong learner. And this is probably the best lesson that I can share to anybody whatever it is you're trying to do, whether you're trying to build a business or be happier in life, but uh, have a, a happier marriage, marriage or, you know, relationship with your kids, you know, is, is just be a lifelong learner. Know that you can always learn something new. And mind you, that wasn't the case for me because I either listen to other people or my ex-wife or what's the world telling me to do. And that's why, I mean, speaking of when I told you dropping out of college, you know, which mind you, I would have been the first one in my in my family to graduate college. Talk mm -hmm. about high expectations, right? Yeah. Of that, like huge fucking expectations. Huge, and then, huge. Yeah. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about you know the love and fear because um, you know what's really key about that is that I, th I don't think a lot of people understand how much the the mental state that you're in can impact. And emotional, I should say, as well, can impact the trajectory of everything you do everything. in life, in business, in relationships. So when it comes to love and fear, when you work with people, how do you advise them on, okay, to have fear? Most people do have fear, well, especially in the United States, where most uh, most Americans, I think 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. If you don't have fear, I know they have fear because they're always worried about how they're going to pay their bills or put food on the table or keep the lights on. So how do you work? How do you help people overcome that fear hurdle? We go back to the child within. We go mm -hmm. back to the little boy or the little girl that's inside. I do all kinds of exercises. We do, um, we basically get back in touch before you remember who you are before everyone told you who to be. Yeah. Right. When we do that, we go through a series of reprogramming and we typically realize whether it's a man or a woman who I'm working with, mm -hmm. we realize that the pattern that keeps repeating the anxiety, the resentment, the anger, the jealousy, the insecurities, all that came from typically an experience that they had when they were a kid or yeah. a, a very destructive, toxic relationship that they experienced, right? So I teach people how to be true to their, their heart. And a lot of times when people hear, follow your heart, they associate it with a person. That's not it at all. It's about being true to the little girl or the little boy inside of you. Then yeah. when you're sitting in that place of wholeness, then you're ready to attract what's meant for you. 
right? Because you're more balanced emotionally. You're back to that place, like I was saying earlier, of zero point, which is the point of creation. Yeah. So we do a lot of reprogramming, a lot of shifting and, you know, love and fear. Again, it goes back to the emotions. Are you choosing to be angry today? Sure. That person cut you off in traffic and yeah, you can sit there and call them a piece of shit and that, Oh, that mother, you know, you can do that all day long, but your energy and the more you realize that you're an energetic being and that whatever you send out to the universe is exactly what the universe is going to deliver you back. You become more conscious of what you're putting out there. And so what I typically recommend to the people who I work with shift that shit, Shift it in 15 minutes or less. Get yourself to a place where the thing that yeah. used to trigger you for a week triggers you for a day. What triggered you for a day triggers you for a couple hours, a couple hours, a couple minutes. If you can become a master energy shifter, you can move from fear to love quickly, very quickly, and it becomes a pattern. And it takes a while to do this because you're unlearning everything that you learned growing up. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, we won't go too much into this, but it's not just this life. This is your, your pattern as a soul. You're unlearning things yeah. and relearning again. And it all starts with, uh, you know, affirmations or going, you know what? I don't have to stay in this. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm angry. I'm this. I'm that. You know, I'm, I'm feeling insecure. Yeah. Great. Use it as the uh, indicator that it is <clears throat> and then make the conscious decision to shift it. Yeah. You know, that's. So powerful you said that, and it's ironic because last night um, I took my kids over to see grandma and grandpa and my parents, and mm-hmm. we had a quick dinner, and my dad asked me if I wanted a beer three times. Now, mind you, I come from a family that, uh, from a heritage where we eat five times <laughs> in the course of a day, and dinner mm-hmm. is about five hours because we bullshit and socialize for five hours mm-hmm. after dinner's over. So when my dad asked me three times, I said, dad, I haven't drank beer in like eight or nine months. I just drink a lot of water now and I'll drink some soda occasionally, but not even as much, but it's all hard stuff. Now he kind of looked at me like in disappointment. I'm like, I made that shift because I've made it a priority to better my health and my nutrition. And trust me, I've struggled for years, for years with it. But when I'm in pursuit of that, and I'm consistent with it, my mental cognition, my focus, my clarity, you know, I've been a cyclist for eight years. That's my mental therapy, you know, like practicing more of these things. I'm finding peace inside of myself. I'm finding, like you said, holiness. I'm finding, you know, getting closer to God and be more appreciative about, you know, my kids who there's an entire story behind them because they're IVF kids. There was a point in time over a course of, several years that all I wanted to do, because after I met my second wife, all all we wanted to do is have kids. We knew we were perfect match, but he just, God was like, you know what? I'm going to help you, but I ain't going to do it for you. You know, you got to figure out a way. And Um, you definitely learned faith through that experience. I think so. Which is you learned how to choose love over fear. You surrendered. Yeah. Which is the ultimate, you know, consciousness shifter. That's really powerful. Okay. So I have to, I want to put you on the spot here because I know I mentioned this before we hit record, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I was curious because, you know, someone like you has immense talent, well, gifts, they're not talents, they're gifts. I think to where have the ability to, 
to to feel the energy that people have. I think that's really important. And I so I have to ask you of the energy that you feel right now in this conversation, uh, the energy that you think I might be projecting. And this is completely non-biased. I'm just curious because you're totally I would love fine. To- you're totally fine. Um, so immediately I'm drawn to your root chakra and your solar plexus, which means that you are being moved through a rebirth. Um, you're an overthinker and you make things harder on yourself than they need to be. Okay. Um, I'm drawn very much to your heart, which means that you are actually going through the process of healing your heart. You need to let your past go. Yeah. Replaying things over and over and over and over again is why things worked out the way they did or why it was, it doesn't serve. Okay. Keeps you from manifesting new things. I really want to encourage you to stay in your creativity. You are on to something here with this podcast. Um, and I don't know what it is about you and men, but if there's some way that you are to help enlighten men, when we were talking about that earlier and you're having these ideas, do it, do it, go for it. Do, do men's yeah. retreats, do soul retreats, do whatever, teach. Um, there's a reason that you've always felt different. I find you to be incredibly empathic as well. Stop worrying. I'm being shown again and again that you are a consistent worrier. And that is something that mm-hmm. you're recreating patterns for yourself. And I'm, you know, the, throughout the entire conversation, I see all this clarity that you're having around either this podcast yeah. or whatever this new stuff is, yeah. you got to let go of the fear or the worry that you're wrong or the doubt that you're wrong. Don't try to force stuff. Surrender and watch how the yeah. universe just brings people to you or brings, you know, love and fear don't live in the same place. So when you're in that place of anxiety and worry, the opportunities that I can feel you wanting so much yeah. are repelled. They're repelled energetically. You surrender and you go, I let go, let God, I'm going to take action on my divinely inspired ideas. Watch how the universe offers you a book deal or offers you the opportunity to be on a podcast. That's how it's, it works. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for that because you hit the nail on the head with that one. And I'll tell you why, because um, we actually just signed on a new client that we're working with uh, starting this Monday. And it's someone that I work out with every weekend, but how all of this started was after a workout, me and him actually got into a conversation about spirituality because he had a, he calls it a demonic experience a couple of years ago that literally made them relive a dream that he had while he was awake and basically felt like he was being electrocuted and he Mm -hmm. hasn't been able to escape that. So ever since he's been having, you know, God versus uh, evil kind of, uh, challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about that he doesn't believe that God exists because I asked him point blank. It's just he's looking for more perspective and answers. So anyway, me and him were chatting for an hour. And one thing that he said is he said, you know, I've never really connected with anybody like this, especially a guy. Like I've never had this kind of a deep conversation. I said, dude, like I'm just fucking talking with you here, dude. Like from the heart. Like there's no, there's no agenda here. I'm just talking to you literally because I just give a shit. Literally, I just give a shit and I want to help you. I want to give you some perspective, some insight, whether you acknowledge it, whether you honor it, that's totally up to you, but I'm here to listen. And like a few days after that, I mean, of course, you know, it's snowballed working together, but 
it's like, man, like those conversations. I mean, we were on the phone for two hours one day just talking. And so what you were just saying is 100% spot on. And I think it's just to the fact that, and for anybody watching and listening to is this that, you know, to, to just really be yourself. That's probably one of the most powerful things that you can do. And I think too many people are afraid to be themselves because they're afraid of you being know judged. How freaking scary it was for me to come out and say I'm a psychic medium and I'm here to help people awaken. Really? That was the most terrifying thing in the world for me to experience. To actually put because I was conditioned to believe that there was something wrong for me for so long. And when I mm -hmm. tell people that I'm a psychic medium, number one, it usually freaks them out. Well, not so much anymore, but in the beginning they go, oh God. And they think, oh God, can she read my thoughts? And it's not even like that. Okay. It's, yeah. it's something that, um, you know, religious conditioned beliefs and it's programmed people to believe that um, somebody like myself could be evil when in all reality, somebody like myself just understands the wisdom of the heart you know, and yeah. understands the power of the heart and not, not everybody loves that. You know, they go, Oh, you have to go to the church for this. or you have to go to this for this and you have to go to that for that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You have everything that you need to know inside of you. And men in particularly are so conditioned from the time that they're little boys, not to feel. And it's absolutely ludicrous. Right. So the reason that you yourself have probably always felt so different is you're emotional. I am. It's, it's absolutely true. And um, so speaking of spirituality, one thing I did want to mention, because I mentioned this to Mike, actually, is because, you know, he actually got his wife and his kids to go to church. And now, like, he's one that doesn't go. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I told him, I said, well, first of all, I asked him, I said, Mike, do you believe that God exists? He said, yes. I said, then you do believe in your heart. That's that's the first thing. But then one thing that we talked about, I said, well, you know, God wants you to be the best version of yourself. And church is really and, 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 and God and religion is about, you know, unity and and community. So I think it was really a misconception. But when I said that to him, it's again is that those feelings, those emotions, the perspective that suddenly start to fill these voids for people. Because I know, you're absolutely right. I mean, especially when I was younger, I was very emotional. And it's because I was very connected to other people's pain points or my own pain points or experiences, literally everything. And I thought that was fucking abnormal because I'm a guy. Like a guy is not supposed to feel that way. A guy is not supposed to express himself like, you know, we're supposed to deal with our own fucking shit and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like that was the, the masculine mm -hmm. mentality of the male ego, right. so to speak. And you know what? It made me numb. It really did. It made me numb to the point where you said something early in the episode. You said um, digging in deep to really find out, you know, that the little boy, that little girl. I don't even know who the little boy is anymore. I've forgotten. Right. But you were born that way. And this is what I always tell people who, who mm -hmm. are very combative, because I guarantee there will be somebody who's listening to this going, oh, my gosh, you know, they've, they're very religious or they're conditioned or however yeah. it is that they this is the thing. I'm not saying that going to church isn't isn't good. It, that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't give your power over to people. That's what right. I'm saying, because you are a child of God. You have the same abilities as your one of your children would have that you have 
So God is a creator. He's a miracle maker or he, she, however it resonates for you. Okay. Why would you not have those same abilities that God has? You're a child of God, just like your daughter would be, you know, if you're a creative, your daughter may have creative abilities. You have the same type of gifts. And if you just get quiet enough to listen and honor that wisdom of the heart, I don't know how I know. I just know. How did you know that you met that your wife was the woman for you? Your mind didn't know you felt it. You knew that there was something that the two of you were meant to do and align with. And up to that point, everything started to make sense as to why the first marriage didn't work out as to where you were in that life. It was all, it was all heart wisdom, which is what's given to you by God. It's funny. You were talking about a second marriage because uh, it's my wife's second marriage because in her first marriage, her ex-husband cheated on her in the first year that they were together. And so now that we've been together for well 11 years together married for six that uh, sometimes she jokes because my wife can have moments of uncertainty because i think it's that past experience that like still kind of from the depths of the unknown arises and 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 she feels it but when, when she thinks back to it, I said, look, if that hadn't happened. So my response to her is if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't be together. Literally it's, there is, there's a reason why things happen. Everything happens for a reason. There are no coincidences, not at all. There really aren't, you know, and same kind of thing that I would say, um, like what I said to you earlier is, you know, thank God that happened because he taught her her worth. And she needs to maintain that sense of solid self-worth. And, and I don't mean anything by this, but the women that I coach, I tell them all the time, what if he does cheat? Are you going to lose your shit? Is your whole world going to come crawling, falling down? Yeah. No, you have to maintain a sense of self-worth to where you go. Okay. If that's what you want, that's what you want. I'm not sticking around for that, but there you go. There's a lesson in it. You know, so with her, um, just keep reminding her how much you love her and have her work on, yeah. on that solid sense of self-worth. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. And one thing that you said about self-worth, actually, that reminds me is I remember after my high school days, probably I spent a 10 year period where, um, you know, there was issues with self-confidence and self-esteem and self-worth, but I wanted to put blame, you know, because of what I experienced rather than you know, ditch that shit and move on. So 10 years of my life literally was carrying around hatred and seeking justice and Mm -hmm. thought that that was going to make me feel better, you know? And that's exactly why I teach people not to choose fear over love because you don't start aligning with a more abundant life until you can forgive, until you can let go. Yeah. You know, that's something that, that is um, a game changer. Love, love takes a lot more. And I think a lot of people, the definition of, of love is, I think, very misconstrued in modern society. You know, I think when you say love is it's probably just affection, you know, from two people usually. And love has a much greater meaning, right? Love is freedom. It's yeah. unconditional. You know, when you really love somebody, you let them go. You heal the pattern. You know, I loved my ex-husband very, very much. Yeah. The pattern wasn't serving us anymore. Right. Didn't yeah. mean that, you know, we weren't still attached. There was a lot of 
um, work that had to be done through the attachment, right? Yeah. Same kind of thing um, with other people in my life. You know, when you love somebody, mm-hmm. the, the weak are the ones who stay anger or stay angry. The people who can actually yeah. forgive, that doesn't mean forget, but are willing to release people of the emotional debt that they owe you. Those are the ones who align with, with more abundance, with more love. It's all energy and vibration, yeah. all of it. But that's, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And again, you know, as, as you said earlier, is this, I think those deep thoughts that you just alluded to, you know, with, with your ex-husband specifically and the feelings that you went through and, and letting go because you knew that there was no longer alignment. But you said it actually earlier because that was something when I was younger that, that I knew I had because, you know, I am that person who absolutely loves deep conversations because I think it helps people release so much. Like, and you'd be fucking surprised at how much shit people hold on to. Literally, like how much stuff that's like, why in the hell are you even holding on to this? Like, like, does it even like what purpose does it serve? Again, they don't know how to connect with themselves. And that's why I was telling you earlier about how important it is to get back in touch with that little girl and boy. Who were you before the trauma? And that's who you truly are. And if you can be true to her or him every single time, you're winning. You're winning. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or says. You're winning. The universe will support you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, you know, I, I absolutely enjoyed the conversation and in respect of time before we wrap up though, tell viewers, listeners, how can they find you? How can they connect with social handles, websites, anything you can think of? Sure. Sure. Thank you so much. I've I've loved this. You're amazing. Um, Divinesouljourney.net is my website and I'm most active on IG. I just got a clubhouse. I'm trying to figure that out. All out. Like everything, it's like, man, if you're not on Clubhouse, you need to be on this. If you don't have on this, you need oh. to be on this. It's like, my God, it's exhausting. But I'm most active over on IG and uh, my website. So, awesome. Well, Stephanie, <laughs> I want to thank you so much. I mean, this is probably one of the most heartfelt. Uh, episodes that I've done with the podcast in the six years running now. Oh, wow. So I want to thank you 